0: Someone in red, in he to oh, he's it! From and it goes towards the,
1: goal for him. the This could be the most dramatic story of the season. It's Torres. Oh! To get-
0: Hello and welcome back to the Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wigan, and I have our host, Logan Stump. Howdy. And Matt Hartgrove. Hey there. And we are going to be breaking down the news from the past week and uh, definitely looking at the promotion playoff that just occurred. We'll oh, just end it probably about an hour and a half ago since we recorded this. Uh, but first, we're going to start with headlines, and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, catch you up on anything that you may have missed. So first, first headline here: Arsenal win the FA Cup two to one over Chelsea. We all got that one wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but and we'll we'll get to it. It's not the first. It's not the only thing we get wrong. But, uh, <laughs> That's what we're good but at, <laughs> Logan. Did predict the Pulisic early goal. Um, we put that up on our socials. So if you're not following us, follow us on Twitter at Stoppage Show, Instagram at Stoppage Time Soccer Show, Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. And Logan predicted the Pulisic early goal. I asked him, hey, who wins? He said Chelsea. He got that wrong. But he did say, <laughs> I did ask, uh, will Pulisic score? And Logan said, yes early and he did five minutes into the game Pulisic scored and actually they were Chelsea looked really good until the water break in the first half and then after that Arsenal really grew into the game uh, you know Chelsea was lucky to get in a half uh one one but then it all kind of fell apart as soon as Pulisic pulled his hamstring that's the next headline Chelsea lose Pulisic for up to four to five weeks not as bad as people had thought some people thought it could be a longer time due to it uh, depending on how bad the the hamstring injury was looks like it's just a slight strain it's not like a full tear or even a tear at all apparently so really good uh for the american dream pulls uh okay uh that's that recaps the fa cup stuff uh Arsenal did win, like I said before. Aubameyang scored a penalty, and then uh, he, he scored a second one. Yeah, so the penalty was in the 28th minute, and then he scored in the 67th minute as well. To give Arsenal their 14th FA Cup, which is a record in England, so they have the most, and they've won... A lot recently in the FA Cup. after going through a long stretch where they had never won a trophy. Now FA Cup is seemingly every other year going to Arsenal. Moving on. Latest rumors have hinted that Jadon Sancho has agreed personal terms to Manchester United. And that they are just trying to work out the fee for Manchester United and Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund want 120 million euros. Uh, for Jaden Sancho, and Man United do not want to pay that. But they, if they do pay it, they want to pay it in this weird breakdown where maybe they pay like 70 million this year, another 20 million next year, and another 30 million the year after that. You know, kind of doing staggered because of the coronavirus uh, affecting a lot of finances with you know not being able to have any crowds. But it does seem like maybe Jadon Sancho is on the move. Dortmund want to get this done by August tenth. Any thoughts, guys? On is is a uh, hundred and twenty million euros too expensive for Jadon Sancho right now? Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. think so. I,
2: uh, Matt, you can go ahead. Oh no, you can go. We, do, we both said the same thing. If you want,
3: you went yeah. further than I did. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I think you know paying that much money. Um, for a kid that's you know 20 years old uh that's that that's pretty steep price um and to be honest i mean uh, one um united hasn't been necessarily top of the league uh as far as liverpool and city you know competitively um but paying 20 or paying a 20 year old that much money and locking up that much money with him um it just doesn't make sense why you would you know go full steam for somebody that hasn't really proven himself um, too much. So I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see. Obviously, I think he's really good, um, and he's had some decent years. Um, but I'm just not sure he's ready to be paid that much on a competitive such a big and competitive stage.
0: Are you just a little biased because he was a Manchester City product <laughs> a now bit. going to Manchester yeah, United?
3: Might, might be a little <laughs> sour. Um, no, but I, I think, I mean, what well, the hell? We're, we're, I, I'm used to overpaying people that don't turn out very well. <laughs> we overpay everybody. So um, it just happens to be that, you know, when you pay that much for somebody, uh, they better
0: be good. Matt, did you want to elaborate at all? Or are you just? Um, yeah, I think. First off 120
2: million euros is just it it just it's way too much. I understand it from both sides though. Uh, this is what Dortmund are good at. They they paid it looks like here eight, eight around million. 8 million.
1: Yeah.
2: Um for him and Dortmund themselves this is kind of this is how they run business. This is actually one of the reasons I I kind of I really enjoyed learning about them. Uh, this is what they do. They like to purchase at Incredibly cheap prices, and they either create superstars and they they last on the team like Marco Royce, or they sell them for fairly big fees. I mean, probably the next one. A lot of people tend to think that you know English players tend to be more expensive, um, usually between Premier League teams. But I could see 120 million. I I feel like could only it's higher probably because he is English, and you know United are I would. 100% 100% think he's going to go to United as much as I would love him at Liverpool. This is the kind of signing United, even during this kind of time, they still are willing to do. And he he's a huge name that's going to get a ton of press. He's going to be on billboards. I'm sure he'll be the one that they sell people. He will be the one that the team sells when it comes to the fans. You'll see him on everything. And it, you know, I, I hate seeing it happen because I don't want him to go there. But it really makes sense for pretty much both sides at this point. You, This could be, you never really know what's going to happen and if Dortmund can get $120 million right now, even if it's in installments, you got to think they should take it because they're not going to be able to hold on to him with all these other big teams when it comes to Barcelona, Real, City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Bayern even. I'm sure, I don't think he's the type of guy that would go to Bayern, but they're not going to be able to hold on to him, so take it when you can. And you know we're just gonna have to unfortunately watch him on a team that we're not exactly a fan of.
0: Yeah, 120 million euros is 141 million dollars. So in today's conversion, they just spent on McGuire and Basaka and Paul. was a hundred and some million pounds. So or euros. I'm not sure what how much it was in pounds or euros, but. I know when they paid Juventus for Pogba, that was that was a pretty big record fee at that point.
2: He has space on that team too to start. Uh, it sounds crazy, but I don't think he would start on Liverpool at the start.
1: No, um, oh, you're right. I no, he
2: wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't overtake Salah. There's, I just don't see it. Um, I don't think he would go over at City as well. I'm not sure who you have on the right wing, but I just don't. We just signed Fern Torres. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So no, (laughs) right. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) uh, But I mean, he's got a spot over there because they got Martial on the left and Rashford Mm -hmm. up top. Or honestly, they can go vice versa. So I mean, he has a spot to start too. And United is a big market. So I hate hate it,
0: but biggest team in England, probably. Yeah,
2: I hate it, but it it just makes a lot too
0: much sense. All right. Um, my thoughts on this are, yeah, that's a little steep <laughs> for for a kid that's that's only played two professional seasons. But you know, I think I think Dortmund knows what they're doing. They they either are going to get that money from United or they they keep him with Jaden Sancho being in uh, a British player, an Englishman. I think they know he wants to go to England, and they think they know that Manchester United want to market him so I think they're doing the best they can to try to get this uh the, the highest amount that they can possibly I think the, I, I read a lot of reports on Twitter from the people we follow saying that these two teams are very close on it and that you know it's just going to take time um and that Dortmund is fine with the installments so it, it's just about I guess when how much each installment is when they would pay it and and stuff like that is what i would think is holding it up but you never know we always get these links that are always like oh this is so close and then it never materializes so i guess we we're not really 100% sure but uh, i would say it's probably pretty likely at this point i hope so i, I already made a I already made a picture that says done deal for us to post when it's ready <laughs> i i
2: honest i do believe though that he if given a choice would prefer liverpool but they just don't have the money. It's not It's not how they run. Yeah. And, we, don't
1: and, yeah don't. <laughs> we don't need him. Yeah, you don't. We don't need any more people.
0: Chelsea was going after Ben Chilwell. Uh, that seems to have stalled because Leicester wants 80 million uh, pounds for him. So instead, Chelsea are going after the Real Madrid left back who's on loan to Sevilla. His name is... Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Regilion? Uh... As uh, so I uh, Sergio Regilion I hope I said that right. Um, if I wanted to Americanize, it'd be Regalion, <laughs> but pretty sure that's not it. <laughs> I even tried to find YouTube clips of how to pronounce his name. No, it was all highlights set to like rock songs. I I, <laughs> so I could not find anything. But uh, and that fee is more closer to twenty five million uh, pounds, I believe.
2: Possibly alone they weren't sure yet or did they clear that up
0: i don't know the last report i see is uh chelsea is trying to build 25 million pounds i think uh which you know what i'd rather that this this is where you get that uh british player uh increase i think <laughs> you know with the ben chillwell I, I mean not saying chillwell's bad but just 80 million you know pounds for him when i when we can go get a different left back for for $25 million that, you know, plays for Real Madrid. And a lot of people think Real Madrid should not let him go. Uh, then, and he's young, you know, so it's, I don't know. For me, I think that, you know, it'd be interesting for Chelsea to go this way. You know, Chelsea always wants to spend the big money back in the day. Lately, they haven't as much. You know, people were linking Jaden Sancho to Chelsea a while ago, but instead Chelsea is looking to get somebody like Havertz, uh Timo Werner which they already locked down and uh uh Seilich for less than what Manchester United is going to pay for Jadon Sancho at that point. So I'd rather take the depth than just having that one player.
1: Yeah,
2: plus I mean Leicester don't need to really sell. Right. So I feel like they can ask a higher price. I mean, I, it's a little bit difficult now that they kind of, you know, choke their way out of Champions League mm-hmm. I mean they are still in European football next year so it's it's probably better to stay away from that because 80 million on a left back would be should be the highest left back fee that would be uh, in history I would assume
0: it'd be up there it'd be up there, <laughs> <laughs> be
3: up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah, they were talking Uh, about, like, I mean, with the whole thing with, uh, the top four, uh, they're getting better, top five. And they said that's what they, they said that was interesting with Sancho because it was like, you know, let's sign him and let's spend money because we're sitting here, you know, deep in the table. Um, and we've got to, we've got to spend money to be able to compete with, with City. We've got to be able to compete with Liverpool. They just keep getting better. We got to keep, um, with Chelsea because Chelsea is going to get a lot better. Um, and I think United kind of felt like, well, we were out here on the outsides looking in. Um, and that's what a bunch of the guys that were reporting it. They were like, they had to go spend as much money as they could to, to get him away from Dortmund because they said that it would look bad if they go in and don't sign anybody big enough to, to fill in that spot. And with, you know, you got that month to really sign and transfer people. Yeah, very it's limited kind of, time. Yeah, it's kind of snuck up on them. And they were talking about how much of that is impacted Uh, And they said that you know that some teams might be a little tight with money now, just because of the virus, and they don't know what's going on. But then you've got other teams that are going to keep spending, and might put pressure on people to spend more money than they'd be willing to usually uh, spend, because you know how competitive they're trying to become and stay up there with the top, you know, five or six.
0: Well, I don't. I, I think watching Manchester United play the last since the restart really since Bruno Fernandez came in is a little worrying <laughs> uh when I when I look at the table a bit because uh especially worrying if you're Leicester City too because the, they had numerous times to to seal the Champions League spots but uh you know Manchester United were so far behind them at, at you know earlier this year But uh, I would be really worried if they get Jaden Sancho and Bruno Fernandez keeps up the form he had at the end of the year and Pogba maybe buys in more now that he's, you know, it seems like they have more ambition. I think they could really challenge, maybe not for the title, but I think they would be, it's not going to be as big of a gap between second and third this season as it was uh, this past season, I think. But we've seen my predictions this week have been uh, awful, so I guess we (laughs) don't really know anything. Uh, People listening are like, these people don't know anything you're talking about. Okay, uh, we're going to move on now to getting, uh, uh, we're going to talk about who was promoted to the Premier League. We talked a little bit about this last last episode, I believe. We went over the relegation teams, and we had talked a little bit about Leeds getting promoted. But uh, promote it to the Premier League this season uh, for for this upcoming season is Leeds United, who won the championship. West Brom, who got second, and Fulham, who got fourth, just beat Brentford FC, who got third in the playoff final. That score finished at two to one. We're going to break down that game a little bit later. Promote it to the Championship: Coventry City, Rotherham United and Wickham Wanderers. So those are teams going up to the championship. Promote it to League 1, Swindon Town, Crew Alexander, Plymouth Argyle, Northampton Town. And promote it to League 2, Barrow AFC, and our favorites, Harrogate Town AFC. Three one winners over Knott's County in the promotion playoff from the National League. Uh, I'm going to give a little background here on why these are our favorites here. Logan doesn't really have a connection, but Matt and I do. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh Harrogate town, uh my sister lived in Harrogate, England uh, in Yorkshire when she was uh when my brother-in-law was stationed over uh in the Air Force. My nephew was born there. I've visited there and it's a nice little town. I love Harrogate. You know, they back then they had a uh, they weren't a professional team. They were a amateur side that in the last two or so years have gone professional and have moved up to the National League, I think about a year or two ago, and then now just got promotion to Football League 2, which means that they're going to be in FIFA 21. So I'm really pumped for that. I'm going to start a career on that. But Matt, what's your connection to Harrogate Town, ASC?
2: Uh, yeah, so back when my dad was around the high school age, um, my grandfather was uh sent over to the UK for work um and he happened to that was he lived in Harrogate town uh for, for two of his years he lived closer to Wickham it sounds like for the other one uh for the other two but uh he was around Harrogate town and it was funny too cuz another team he was near was Leeds yes Leeds Leeds Wickham and Harrogate all got promoted in their respective uh divisions this past year so he was like jokingly kind of went, uh, he's like, all my team's got promoted. Um, doesn't watch too much soccer. So it's, it's, uh, it's more yeah. of like a, fun, it's like a funny little joke to, uh, for that. But, um, yeah, I've never been, never been to the UK, but I did have my dad live near there. So he, he saw the tweets we were doing and texted me about it and was like, yeah, that's where I live. And I was like, no way. Cause that's where Jordan's, uh, sister lived too
0: yeah it, it was a nice it's a really nice town i went to the pizza hut there it's not the same as over here i'll tell you that much but <laughs> better or worse uh I, I like our pizza hut better uh i'm not sure what they think of it over there but it's almost still like margarita style pizza even at like pizza hut it's kind of, it's kind of strange um but yeah i love harrogate I, I can't wait to go back over there at some point maybe i'll try to catch a game there with them being promoted. Hopefully they stay in League 2 um, or get promoted to League 1 by the time I get over there and not, and not fall down. Yeah, so uh, other than that, we're going to break down the game that we just uh, watched, Brentford versus Fulham. <laughs> I guess first thoughts on this game before we kind of go breaking it down here. Uh, for people that did not listen to last time, we had all picked that Brentford <laughs> were going to get promoted and that did not happen, as I stated before, full on one, two, one. It took it took until extra time for them to even get on the score sheet on either of these teams. I mean, uh watching this, you know, I, I did my research. I watched a lot of the highlights for Brentford. Um we watched the games last week as well, and I have been studying their tactics. You know, they they both teams usually line up in a four-three three. Mitrovic, who is the uh, Golden Boot winner for the championship, was out injured still and did not have full match fitness. He does come in later and probably should have got red carded, but you know, looking at this, usually when they have Reed, Reed instead of Mitrovic, he plays more as a uh, as a false nine, and they I think they actually look a lot better without Mitrovic in there. From what I've seen, they they play a lot more of that uh 4-3-3, you know, possession based um uh, style instead of just kind of Mitrovic being the the one in the box just getting ahead on the ball. But man, Brentford did not look good during this. Uh d- did they? We'll start with you Matt. Your thoughts on on your FIFA your FIFA 20 career Brentford trying to get promoted. Play
2: the way uh, they didn't play the way I played them. Um <laughs>
0: they need Hazel stream uh, out there
2: <laughs> i mean it was definitely a little disappointing cuz um they I'm, i mean they even had a shot before the playoffs to they just had to win mm-hmm. pretty much at this point one of their last two games and they would have not even had to go through this playoff but throughout majority of the game they just they not gonna say they looked scared but you could tell that Fulham had players who had been in a scenario like this before.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Lots his, of former his, Premier uh, League a, players on there.
2: Yeah, it was just, it felt like they were shaky. They didn't look like they were playing to their normal style. Um, and they have such a great attack, I and mean, it's a little sad that a couple of them are probably going to get sold. Because um, there's a, I know at least Chelsea is rumored to really like Ben Rama. A lot of people, there's lower teams that look at Watkins and. And Boimo is also, uh, really, I think he's only 19 years old and he's, he's being looked at by pr- some lower Premier League teams too, but it just didn't look comfortable. It just didn't, it just, you couldn't see them really string together anything till more toward the end because it just, full was dominating for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. it was just, uh, so, it was, it was disappointing. <laughs> I didn't really want to see full, not to sound rude, but I wanted to see Brentford they're new they're a different team especially after Fulham gets relegated and then just promoted again it just kind of feels like you're you're just constantly yo-yoing the same teams
1: which yeah.
2: is good for the fan i'm sure Fulham fans are very happy and i'm happy for them but it would have been really cool to see them at Brentford up in the premier league and they just they just didn't look ready today
0: yeah uh before we get to you Logan yeah i mean what i've what i've noticed here is that uh you know they mentioned this on the broadcast, but I also, you know, noticed this as I'm watching highlights yesterday. Fulham had lost to Brentford both of the league games. And, you know, you could kind of look at that and say, well, that's not a good sign sometimes because, you know, what's the old adage? It's hard to beat a team like three times during the course of a season when it comes to like regular um American football, I'm not sure if that's as big of an adage overseas, but they just maybe we gotta give credit to Scott Parker here is I think Fulham looked looked really good, especially in the first sixteen minutes the you know the ball was all on Fulham they were continually having no problem possessing the ball. Brentford would press, but really they would get out of that press you know that out of that pressure with without really any issues playing it a lot to like the center backs and then spreading it out wide again but when it came to Brentford attacking the Fulham defense really did really well at shutting down those those wings that had scored 76 percent of their goals over the course of the season so that's that's kind of like if you're not going to score them out wide where are they coming from how about you Logan what was your thoughts on uh on Brentford
3: yeah so I was watching and, and I now watched him when it was last week, and you know, watching them play then Brentford versus now, um, I mean, it started off. I thought Brentford was going to get, I thought at least they were going to get two, maybe three goals just by the way they played. And they would moved the ball really, really well in the last game, but the, this game really had a different kind of feel to it because I was the things that I, you know, took note of. They had seven yellow cards, or Poland did. But those seven yellow cards almost seemed tactical uh, to a point where they just seemed way more aggressive, um, mm-hmm. I think, because, I mean, they, they controlled the ball. I think I, I think it was for, like, 20 minutes they had controlled the ball uh, at the start of the game, and they just looked like they were just going to outmatch Brentford. I mean, it didn't look like it was going to be even close. I think within the first five minutes, they had a, a chance on goal. Uh, yeah, um, it was, like, nine
0: minutes in. Uh, yeah, it um, was quick. Onoma uh, had a chance. He was one-on-one with the keeper and said mm-hmm. he passes it wide. And then the the person who does take the shot then had to try to get it through two defenders and Rhea, the goalkeeper. But that was, that was one of those issues where it was a bad back pass from the center back to the goalkeeper. And then it turned into an attack for Fulham. But you're right. It was around 25 minutes of all Fulham because my first note of a Brentford attack is like 25 minutes in with a yeah. ball whipped in by Jensen, and it was cleared away by Hector on Fulham. It it was supposed to try to get... And Boima... Believe. Well, it was trying to get to him, and, and Hector just headed it out. It wasn't that, even that threatful of attack, but I still noted it, because it was like the first <laughs> the first Brentford thing that even had a a chance. Uh, yeah, I mean, Odoma- like, 21 minutes in, there was a giveaway by Fulham, because Brentford was pressing, but they immediately turned it right back over to Fulham. Right, and
3: Onoma, I mean... <laughs> it looked like it looked like what I tried to do in FIFA. <laughs> it looked like Being too he too cute, yeah, yeah. He tried to take the ball out and around his defender, and the defender just lost, I mean, just took it from him. And he's like, okay, well, if you're gonna stand out here and do this, and then he tried to give it away, and then that's when it, you know he delayed, you know, put a shot on goal, um, and and he probably get one up on them. Um, and then I think it would have been ta- they would have taken them out completely, just because they had looked so overmatched and fulham looked way more physical there were times where it looked like brentford was just kind of complacent and just didn't really have the energy to go forward i don't know if it was fitness or what or you know it just didn't like you said i, I think the first tweet i had was like 30 minutes in 35 i think was a minute where i first said that they were starting to build some attack if you're gonna wait that late in a in a match it's gonna be really hard to beat anybody especially yeah. in the premier league
0: <laughs> Well, part of the problem too is they were starting to get they were starting to get go, there uh, going and then the water break happened and then they immediately lost all momentum.
2: No, no, the water break needs I think needs to to not be a thing next year.
0: Yeah, I can understand why they did it when they weren't as fit, uh, mm-hmm. but it yeah. apparently all reports say it wasn't even that hot in London, it's a pretty pre- pleasant day. I mean, especially when you see Lampard on the sidelines on Chelsea games and he's wearing this big jacket, yeah. I'm like, okay, do they need a water break? <laughs> it's becoming too uh, much like to a timeout at this point. Yeah, the
2: announcers mentioned that they're like, at this point, it's just a coach's timeout, and it really does. It can really destroy momentum.
0: So then we got into halftime. It was you know still nil nil. Uh, Fulham looked way the better team by the first end of the first half, and then as soon as we get out of halftime. It's a free kick to to Fulham, and uh, Cabano almost hits this one in. The way that the net rippled, I thought it did go in, but it went into the side netting. And then right after that, again, uh, uh, Onamaz is impressive on dribbling, trying to get somewhere, and it's like, what happened at halftime? Did Brentford not even have a conversation about what to change? They looked exactly the same. Flat-footed, not really doing anything. You know Fulham's the first one to every little second ball or loose ball after it ricochets off somebody. Fulham was always somebody there to to get that or close down the attack. It was crazy. My next note from the forty seventh minute is pretty much the sixtieth minute when uh, Emiliano comes on, and uh, you know he changed the game on on the uh, the second league game against Fulham, but he did not really do much today. I think he did look better than. In uh, Boymo at times, but it was just still too little, too late, really.
3: Yeah, and it felt like he he really did. I mean, they said he'd be creative, and he was. And I, I think they looked a lot better aside when he was off. When when Boymo was off, but I, I think it was just like you said, it was over before that. And, and that's funny to say because there's no nil nil. But I mean, going through all the way um, until extra time,
1: but it yeah, just, I mean.
0: We had a good shot by Watkins on the seventieth minute, but right. I think I texted you as well. Emiliano was running wide open in the center, instead he he took a shot well outside the box instead of laying it off.
3: And I think what what the difference was there too is, and what I said to you guys, I said that it it felt like kind of like when you're when you're playing basketball, um, when you when you've been defended forever, and you're you know, you're a prolific scorer. Um, you're somebody that, and they have a great front three. Renford does. And when you get excited, when you finally get what seems to be an opening and you just, you're so anxious, you just, you just go for it and you don't see anything around you. And there could have been anything around him. And like you said, Miliano was, I think, charging through the center of the box, just wide open. Um, but he took a shot from almost right outside the box and it was
0: right at, uh, Brodak. Yeah. And I think that is the, the big thing for me too is that. This is in the 70th minute for Watkins. These are the type of shots you take earlier in the match to try to get yourself into the game. But because they had so little chances of even getting through the Fulham defense, this shot doesn't even come until the 70th 70th minute at that time. And then, you know, 81st minute, Knockhart comes in for Cabano for Fulham. And then we pretty much go extra time. You know, 91st minute was that chance for Watkins where it's just a little too far in front of him. 97th minute had a great attack with Henry. Yeah, Henry. I have it right here. I just can't read my handwriting. Rico Henry, uh, <laughs> who's my player of the game for Brentford. Uh, he shut down that left great. side and he also got in on the attack a few times. It was great. He crosses that ball in, but uh, but uh, you know it was cut out and then Fulham immediately countered. And then 102nd minute, so this is just five minutes after that great attack where it looked like Brentford was really getting something started here. We get that awful free kick goal hmm. by Joe Bryan. That's
2: one of the worst goalkeeping blunders I've, I've seen. When I watched Carius and we all watched Carius in the Champions League. together,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what what is what is Raya doing like? I know he thinks that it's just gonna be whipped in because nobody's gonna take a shot from forty yards, but he didn't even have one his self position. He didn't have anybody kinda of stationed over that way to try to I don't know, couldn't you do put like a two person wall over there to kinda of cut out the easy shot? Like that's what I'm trying to think here. I mean it
2: how far was the free kick?
0: Forty yards.
1: Man, <laughs> I, I,
2: I guess I, I I understand to an extent why he was he was out just a little because I'm I'm assuming he expected it to be whipped in and then he attempt like a him. header or or yeah so but to be he was almost out of the box and the, the little uh, the six yard box, box at it. that point
1: what yeah say, he was he's about five yards
2: from the picture and that he took when you it, it didn't it almost didn't even look like even the dive he attempted <laughs> it, it it's all after the ball so passed him <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it, looked, it looked
2: so awkward watching him just, like, dive after it. And I was, like, "I honestly, because I, I was working, too, so, like, my – it was busy, so I was, like, kind of hit or miss with what I could see. And I was just, like, watching it going, did that actually go in? Like, was that a goal? Yeah, it was, yeah, was, it was tough to tell.
0: And then, like, I my god!'. I think why it was <laughs> tough to tell is, one, how it hits the net, but, two – because he dives so late, and because you're thinking there's no way he's going to get beat that easily, that you think it must have just been wide. He was beat by miles. Yeah. Like, it, it's almost like he,
2: in his mind, the only thing he didn't think was going to happen was a shot on goal. And, and credit to Joe Bryan, because, I mean, he decided to go for it, which ended up winning, I guess, in a way, winning the game.
0: Yeah, what they said on the broadcast is that it was actually the assistant coach to Scott Parker who noticed that and uh, it was his idea to have uh Joe Bryan take a shot from there.
1: Jeez.
0: After that, I um after the goal, I had
2: Liverpool fans on Twitter going, "Do you think Liverpool could sign him?" And I was like, well, they <laughs> win, they're not going to sell him."
1: Yeah. Um but yeah, I
2: mean it was like that was exactly what was needed because honestly, I, I, unless something like that happened, it seemed destined for penalties.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even though Fulham were playing really well, I actually felt Brentford looked better toward the end. Yeah. Before he got to that point. Yeah. And I, I did. Yeah, they were starting Grimford to really look had, good. Even though Mitrovic came on, it looked like, honestly, like there were moments with Henry and Watkins, there was a few crosses in that were just inches away, and I was like, well, if anyone scores in regulation, it seems more likely it's going to be Brentford because they're a little bit more attack-minded right now. I don't know if it's because they're a younger team and maybe they had a little bit more stamina, but it it just seemed a little bit more likely Brentford was going to score. So the really, the free kick felt like the only thing that could change the game if something were to happen like that. I mean, it obviously, one goal changes everything.
0: Yeah.
3: And then there was a point right after um, it was the 18th minute of extra time that Dalsgard hit that one, that was a cross. And, I mean, he got to it right before, I think Watkins was the one that was sliding yeah, behind
0: Yeah, that was 114th and, minute. Yeah,
3: it was like as close as you could could be. And that's when I felt like, finally, like Brentford had something going. Um, and Here we are in the 18th minute of extra time. And it, it just seemed like, okay, maybe they'll put one, to equalize, but I mean, just that had to be so demoralized because they were talking about. I remember the announcer was talking about the fact that he just had to feel so bad, and they were like, "We feel so bad for him." But man, did he just get that completely wrong?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, raya like I said, uh, when I I, I, I think I said to you guys. I'm not sure if I said this earlier on the show, but I thought Raya was really good. In, a, in the previous games and you know watching highlights he looked really good but also those are highlights so I don't know if I'm seeing any of the uh, any of the shaky stuff but I, I felt really bad for him and then you get immediately after that uh, after that attack you're saying about four minutes later Joe Bryan scores again this is a left back ladies and gentlemen scoring the two games <laughs> the two goals and that second goal was like a striker goal man mm-hmm. He he weaved in and out he took a nice shot and got it through the keeper it was uh it was wonderful and also also by that by that free kick goal clint dempsey and brian mcbride were tweeting those are two usa legends because they also played for fulham so they were they were excited about that and then right after that second goal really brentford scores and i wrote down that's uh too little too late and it was it was like right at the end of the game then because not long after they kicked it back off in the center whistle blew
3: yeah, I think it was like 40 seconds or something. It seemed like, but it was, and it, it did. It, it felt like, Brent, it felt like Brentford was the better team for the last 12 minutes of the game. Um, but again, it was just, it took you that long. And part of it might be because they, I mean, they're hyping it up as the most important game in the
0: history of their club. This is seven finals now they've lost for promotion. They said they're it's the such... worst team to ever play. And in, Promotions, uh, promotional yeah. games, playoffs, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and you got to feel for them too, because these players that they have—Ben Rama, and uh, Boymo, and and uh, Watkins—there's good chances other teams are going to pick these players off. Um, a, a team like, I'm not going to say Fulham, but a team like Leeds or a team like. Aston Villa, who maybe struggled last year, might look and say, oh, we could use a Ben Rama. But also, he's being linked to Arsenal. He's being linked to Chelsea. But I don't think he plays at either of those right now.
1: Chelsea's
2: the one I've I've read the most with Ben Rama.
0: I don't know if he would play right now. So, I, it's, no, no, for no, me, no. it's I would want to go wherever I'm going to play. Yeah, uh, but
3: Jordan, come on. you got to get back to your thinking of ways for, as a yeah. team that buys everybody like we do.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You buy them and sit them.
3: And then, like, yeah, yeah they play well, a, and
0: you can play him. And then they move to Liverpool rumors, and become sorry.
3: a star. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's
2: certain rumors, with like Holly Watkins looks like someone who might go to uh, either a newly promoted or like a a lower tier because i we've got West Ham, mm-hmm. uh, Crystal Palace, Leeds.
0: Yeah, that's all, what I'm saying. Those type of teams could really rumors. use Watkins and Ben Rama, and you know any of those those players. But,
2: the youngest, the one out of all of them. Man. I'm sure he. Probably he came from
0: France
3: as well. Yeah.
2: Pretty
0: good
3: clubs at the bottom of the Premier League that'll more than likely love to send money to them
0: saying, hey. And and that's what you wonder too, is like, can they get these players on board because they were so close to, to automatic promotion and they think maybe we can just win it automatically next year if we keep most of this squad together. Uh, because they play good they play good soccer, you know, they they play very nice looking uh, they've done so well this year. It'd be kind of uh, uh, I would feel very bad for their fans if then this team gets dismantled when they could probably win automatic promotion.
3: Well, I like that article that you sent yesterday, Jordan. Um, which th- that's a great website. I don't know it is. what it is. It's a fantastic website because I was reading that, and from what it sounds like, like what you guys are talking about, I think you're going to have those, you know, those teams that finish. 15, 16, 17, I think you're going to have those guys coming in and, and taking these players because, and I think Brentford will be more than welcome to, to kind of give up on some of them because what I read was they're more like the athletics were back, you know, Oakland, uh, the baseball team where they it's kind of that money ball where they, where they find guys that fit into their tactical approach and, you know, I think it's more of a system kind of thing and it, it would suck to have to replace those big three because I think it said they scored like 68% of the gold or something like that or were part of I think, I of think it's 70 something. Was it 70 something? Um
0: but but the website we're talking about is totalfootballanalysis.com. If you want a good read up on the analysis of what of what Thomas Frank does and this type of style he plays uh, especially what I was really looking forward to were, were, were their corner kicks, because I'd read that article and it says about their corner kicks, they love to put a lot of people at the back of the box and put Ben Rama outside the box close for, for a close kick that then draws out the defender, and then the people at the back post are uh, kind of just creating this mess that then somebody can get free on. But we didn't even really get a chance to see that in this. Like they lined up in that, but the the corner kick that I had really paid attention to in this, because I don't think they had many at all. The corner kick that I really was focusing on, it was like it hit the first guy and it got booted out, you know. And it was it was a nothing attack.
3: Yeah, here it is. It says that the 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 big guys up top. You're right. Seventy one point nine percent came between. Benrama, Rama, Watkins, and Mawimo, um, sixty-two goal contribution, goals plus assists. In terms of goals, the trio had forty-six goals um, combined, which makes up seventy-one point nine percent of Brentford's total.
0: And that was in May before the restart, so those numbers right. might be a little different now. But uh, still, I mean, they they created so much, and then in this, they barely even had any really chances to even to even do that. So you were left with. Watkins taking shots outside the box some breaking transfer news right now Manchester United will walk away from the deal to sign Jaden Sancho unless Dortmund lower their asking price that's from the Daily Telegraph but again these things are always going back and forth that doesn't mean that is the final decision I'm sure it'll change by the time this is published Sancho's Um, really
3: good I think City should pay him about 108 million um, because I said 100 million wasn't expensive
0: well, it's 108 million pounds that they're asking for, but 120 million euros, and it's all right. Let's are we done with this game? Are we ready to look ahead at what's next on our schedule here? I'm
3: nervous to look ahead because I know
1: what's, up, <laughs> what's coming up.
3: I have a question for you too. When we
0: get closer to that, At this point, point, I'm just here for the I'm just here for the commentary. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so yeah, because Matt, you were saying you didn't know what's coming up. Uh, Europa League tomorrow august 5th 12:55 p.m. FC Copenhagen versus Istanbul uh Basaksehir. I don't know if I said that right. But uh Istanbul leads that one 1-0 over Copenhagen as we go into leg 2. Uh Shakhtar Dantesk versus Wolfsburg. Shakhtar leads that one 2-1. Uh, I'm probably going to try to dual screen these Tomorrow, if possible, you know, one on the TV, one on the um, one on the iPad, not an iPad, a fire pad, whatever you want to call it. Three o'clock tomorrow is Inter Milan versus Gaddafi and Manchester United versus LASK or um, however you want to say that. Uh, It's all capitals. (laughs) Uh, Manchester United leave five nil Inter Milan versus the mighty Gaddafi is at uh, is at zero zero. Shoot, yeah. I mean, I think United could win the Europa League. Well, I was going to say they cut co- in
3: a couple of these because they must have not played their first leg because of COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah, Inter Milan and Getafe or um, single elimination and Sevilla or Sevilla and Roma or single elimination. I'll go for Roma because Dzeko's there. Roma looks good. I,
2: I wish yeah, they were playing each other because it, it's kind of sad because they're two teams that could take out United. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Really man, form United's form. I don't There's this not a lo- I lot, see a bashing United podcast.
0: <laughs> I could see I could see Inter Milan winning the it really uh they they've looked okay. I could see United winning it. I'm hoping I neither could see
2: Wolves. I think Wolves it, could put I'd be interested to put a good fight against uh United. It would be kind of fun to see them possibly make it far
0: and then qualify for the Champions League. Oh jeez, that would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, Wolves
3: can play. Wolves will play. Wolves will have to now. reach. Wolves will have to reach the final to play. Man, U, From what it looks like, like, Wolves need now. to if they if they want to be in Europe. I think Wolves have to now. Yeah, with Arsenal winning. Yeah. What Enter would be? What Enter's I guess looking at that side of it, because it's Inter Milan, Catapé, Rangers, and um, Leverkusen.
0: Well, no, I haven't gotten a Thursday yet. I haven't gotten a I'm Thursday sorry, yet. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> still on Wednesday. Okay, because the biggest game of Wednesday is at 8 p.m. Philadelphia Union versus Portland Timbers, and the MLS is back semifinals. Are they in the Europa League? <laughs> no, <it's> just <laughs> i just any game, any games. I'm to down. Uh, they're in the oh. biggest competition. The MLS is back competition semifinals. Hmm. Philadelphia Union versus Portland Timbers. Come on, the U. Okay, going on to Thursday, uh, August 6th, 12.55pm. Fire Leverkusen versus Rangers from Scotland. 3-1 Leverkusen lead. And I think that uh, that will remain. I don't think Rangers have enough to come back from that one. They got Steven Gerrard, that's all they need. I think they need more than that. (laughs) Sevilla (laughs) Sevilla versus Roma is the other 12.55 game, and that is a nil-nil. So far for Sevilla Roma, that's gonna be a good one. And Sevilla, Roma's I, yeah, to be playing I good. I pick Sevilla on that. Sevilla are so good in Europa League. I yeah, don't. they're yeah, so good.
2: They beat Liverpool in the final. Cops first year.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah I, I won was a watching. Lot. I was watching Roma play
1: uh, two days
3: ago, three days ago. I think it was on Saturday, maybe. Oh um, yeah, they had a good game. God, they were god. They were unbelievable. I was like, oh my. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, who were they playing? I was watching that um, one. I mean, it was, uh, they they were losing, Calagio? and then they came back and took a, a a lead. Yeah, I was watching that one while I was doing some editing on this on this podcast. I think um, Roma played uh, Juve. That's right. They oh, that's Juve. right.
1: Yep.
0: And they won three to one. Uh Guain scored five minutes in for Juventus, and then it was three straight goals for Roma to close out that game.
3: But they had been ripping people apart. Um, I think their last yeah they had a draw against Inter, but other than that, they have won almost all their games since being back. They have lost against Milan.
0: Too bad they won't have the their official jerseys and stuff in in uh, in FIFA this year.
2: And their kits t- look really nice too. Nice oh, they to do, really do that white
0: kit with, with the with the wolf head on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, i have a roma jersey actually i have one of their maroon ones um with no how spots I, on it it's really how nice. have
3: i not seen this kit what is it look
0: at, like a... look at roma's look up roma's kit for $20. is it like cream yeah, look up... looking oh wow a one and there's a red one i think yeah it's like it cream
3: really nice it is really nice it's got a nice collar on it too
0: check out the logo though. It's not their usual crest no so it's like this awesome cool wolf head it's kind of um, like john snow yeah, you know nothing, Jon Snow. 3 p.m. Thursday. Uh, FC Basel versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, Basel leaves that one three nil, and I don't see Frankfurt getting over that.
2: That's such a disappointing year for them, weren't they? They were in the finals last year, weren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Eintracht Frankfurt is my is my dad's for, uh, German. Uh, so they Chelsea were. Uh, they were pretty good, and I think they had gotten to. <clears throat> A cup against uh, the the uh, DFB-Pokal, I thought they were in, against Bayern and lost that probably a year or two ago. Uh, Wolverhampton, we've talked about them. Wolverhampton versus Olympiacos, that's 1-1 right now as it stands. That's going to be a good one. Go Wolves. And then, uh, again, the biggest match of the day, MLS is back, semifinals, Orlando versus Minnesota. That's going to be a cracker of a match, I'll tell you that much. Uh Adrian Heath, former Orlando City coach hmm. uh is now the Minnesota coach. He's um,
3: gonna be so confused. He's gonna be like, Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute <laughs> Yeah, he'd coached Orlando even when they were at um yeah, they uh, were at ESPN Wild Keeping World Sports when they were yeah. at the um Yeah when they were in the U S L back in back in the early days and uh that's where they're playing right now due to the Disney tournament <laughs> bubble. That's so funny. he he feels at home there, I'm sure. And I then, remember
3: watching him and thinking that he looked clueless, but I, I'm no expert on judging people.
0: No, I, you know, I thought he, I, he's, he's doing a lot better at Minnesota, and I think it's because they're allowing him to build a team he actually wants to build, and I think that's Orlando's problem that they right. seem to have now gotten over when they're handing the keys to Oscar Perea. Moving on to Friday, Champions League Woo-hoo! time. August 7th, Juventus versus... First- uh, Olympic uh, Lion is I have a Leon jersey and I'm probably going to try to wear that for that game because How many jerseys do you have? It's in the 40s, pretty sure <laughs> Jordan,
3: do you want me to send you a city kit? I can probably get it there I have two Saturday. city kits <laughs> well, I can get you a new one uh, like no, with I like the old
0: logo it. better than the, than the circular one, actually
3: yeah. I can get um, KDB on it and, and send it to you, I know you like him
0: I have a I have a Juventus jersey as well. Do you really? Yes. <laughs> their old one with the with the nice crest, not just the J. I don't like just the J. That's a weird Do you think they have a
3: kit do you think somebody on Etsy's made a kit like their FIFA kit? Like the what do they call them on FIFA? <laughs> the the team of Italy or something? The they Italy like, team? I
0: think they're FC
3: P. P. Calcio?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Kinda of like the Washington
1: Redskins, the Football Washington. Football team. team, yeah. Yeah.
0: Leon is leading 1-0 right now. That would be nice.
1: Just because Juventus. They... A...
0: Okay, so here's a question for you. And I'm going to ask you another question right after this with the Man City one. Mm-hmm. Is it a disappointment or a failure if Cristiano Ronaldo does not win the Champions League with Juventus? Because there's rumors of him leaving and trying to go to PSG apparently. But the reason I asked this is because Juve had done so well in the Champions League and needed to get over the hump. They go out and get Cristiano, and it hasn't really made their European trips any better.
3: I I don't think. I, I mean, they're they're better with him, obviously, but I don't think they're obviously not Real of of Cristiano's days. I don't. I don't believe, and I, I just don't think. You can't put that pressure on. How old is he now? He's thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five.
1: No, he's there he, for he,
2: the
3: pressure. Yeah, but I don't I, think I'm he. i going to disagree yeah. with you on this. I, I just don't. But I don't think he. I I don't think he feels pressure. I, I think you're right. I think he's there because the, I mean, he's got pressure on him. But I don't think he feels it. It's kind of like when LeBron went to LA. I don't think LeBron feels much pressure anymore. I, I just don't. There's no pressure to be
0: had. What the hell has he got?
3: You know what? What else does he have to do?
0: Well, I think LeBron's pressure went away when he won it with Cleveland. But yeah. but I would say I don't know. I, I think I agree with Matt in this case, if Matt's gonna say what I'm thinking he's gonna say. What do you what do you have to say, Matt?
2: <laughs> I was gonna say I, I, I think he does feel the pressure because I the one thing with soccer is um you watch players go to these di- different teams out of nowhere for for reasons like like this. Like Ronaldo goes to Juventus because I mean, he has to agree to it, but like he goes to Juventus because he wants to show he can win the big tournament with this different team at this point. Juventus doesn't need him to win the league.
0: And he had won it like three times with, with Madrid, the Champions League.
2: Yeah. So it's like Juventus feels... The, I think they both feel pressure. Juventus buys them because clearly, I mean, they've won it one, nine, nine in a row,
1: I believe. Yeah. Nine yeah.
2: Serie in a row. Like They yeah. don't need him to... They clearly don't need them to win the league, but they want to win the they want to win the Champions League. And I think Ronaldo himself is like, I'm not going to Juventus to win the Serie A. Like I'm going to Juventus because I'm going to win the Champions League now with this team. And I, I don't know. I, I I do think there's a level of pressure on both. And honestly, I, I don't think they're going to have much issue with Lyon with all their issues because I know they they don't believe they made Champions League from um. Their league position, I don't think they finished in the t- I don't know if it's three or four over in France, but I don't I believe they actually three. made the Champions League, uh, in France this past year. So I, I, I think they're a little down and I, I think they'll make it through. But yeah, I, I think Ronaldo does feel some pressure.
0: Yeah, and I, I would I would agree with that. And I would also say that if he doesn't win it and he does leave uh, before they do, I would say it is a failure for Ronaldo and Juventus. Like you said, that's the whole reason they went out there to, to get them, was to get themselves over the hump to win. You know, they've gotten further than this in the, in the Champions League, uh, right? Because they had... I mean, they had a... If they would have gotten there when when they faced Tottenham, when when Liverpool beat Tottenham, I think that they could have put up a good challenge, better challenge than Tottenham did. But They lost to Ajax, I think. Yeah, a few years. Oh, was it that year? Because I know they've lost to Tottenham recently, too. Because Tottenham
2: beat Ajax in the... Um, or maybe it was a different game. Or maybe Ajax... Actually, Ajax was Real, I think. Yes, Yeah. But I just don't,
1: like, I just I, I don't, don't
2: see
3: his, like, I see Juventus, yeah, absolutely feeling, feeling pressured, like, I get that, like, don't get me wrong, Juventus is definitely pressured to win it, because, uh, I mean, that's what they want, it's, it's a club, but I don't think, I don't think he's got any, like, he's got, what, he's got five champion league wins, uh, he's got 30 trophies in, in major tournaments, like, I don't, I just don't feel like his, His, you know, he's obviously competitive. He's like, I think he's the closest thing we have to LeBron. I think that that that, I I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, it's important to him. It's a challenge, but I think he sees it more as that, as as more as. But he's building a brand. I mean, he he's such a big brand. He's the isn't he the richest uh, sports athlete in, in the world now? Did he pass? I I believe so. Yeah, I just don't like. I agree with you guys absolutely. Juventus has got so much pressure on them. It's a failure if they don't win it with him. But I don't think he feels the same kind of heat that that the Juventus, the rest of Juventus. He may not even
0: feel pressure, but I'm saying, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he look back at it and say, "Well, I failed there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was my goal was to win it with them. If you're
3: gonna say that, yeah, then then he would. But I don't think like. Pressure, no. Failure, yes. Um, I guess two different things. But to your original point, then, yeah. I mean, he would look back and go, okay, if I failed that challenge. Um, but I don't think he, he wouldn't be hurt by it. I don't think the people in Italy that, or Juventus fans won't like him, but, you know, I think
0: they Yeah, you know, I don't think go- he'll be bothered by no. it. I think he, I think he would just move right. on. But I think that the fans and the club and everything would be like, yeah. well, we, we tried that and it just didn't work. Right. And I wonder how that would affect them.
3: We'll then go get messy then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Ronaldo next game. Manchester City versus Real Madrid. Man City lead that one 2 to 1. Uh same question but with Pep Guardiola, is it a failure if Manchester City not this year, but just if if Pep leaves and does not win a Champions League with Manchester City is it a failure i'm gonna start with you logan since you're the manchester city supporter i'm gonna go with
3: absolutely yes um and matt matt knows what this feels like um i don't see it as much because city has, has done really well um and their fans are they've been in a drought for so long i mean they they were horrible 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 <laughs> um so we're not as ruthless as some of the liverpool people it was i think a different city uh, like i've got I've got kids that, uh, she's, I've got a girl in my class that's actually a Liverpool fan, Matt. I forgot to tell you this the other day. Um, and I asked her about Liverpool and she goes, those, she goes, those people are like, she, and she knows football. She goes, those are like, they're like the Philadelphia fans. They're like ruthless and they're, they're mean. (laughs) And they're like, you know, they, they really, they love their sports and they said that they want, they want better all the time. Like Philly wasn't happy with the Super Bowl and, and, you know, it's just like Liverpool not happy. But going back to your question, sorry to go off on a tangent. But yeah, I think, I think Pep, absolutely. If he, if he doesn't get this done, um, and talk about pressure, he's got a lot of pressure because I feel like his whole thing was like, I can come here and I can fix everything and we can win Europe because that's the only reason he came over here was to win Europe. And, but I think that you'll look back at this next year because I don't think if, if he doesn't win it this year or next year, then uh, I think you'll see the end of. Of his brain and oh, that makes me sad. In, in Manchester, <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you know, the, fan, yeah. the fans
3: are mean to him. The fans are like, man, they expect so much of him. Like they ripped him to shreds already because he, he said that they didn't have the fan base. Like they had, I think he called him close to bandwagon fans, um, but it was some kind of broadcasting <laughs> issue, and the fans didn't like it or something. And he he went off on the fans, and they were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, so I think he better win Or he's not going to be here much longer
0: Yeah Matt What is your thoughts on it? Is Pep a failure without Champions League Win if he moves on
2: Yeah I mean he's He didn't go to City To, to win the league he, he went to City to win the Champions League But you don't bring Pep Guardiola Into your team If you're not trying to win the Champions League So If he doesn't win it then I, it's
0: 100% a Interesting. I think we all agree on this. Uh, <laughs> you know, they've won all of these trophies before he even got there with Pellegrini and with Roberto Mancini that exactly. They brought him in to win this. Now, I don't even think he won it with Bayern Munich and he was brought in to win it at Bayern Munich as well. So, could he go back to Barcelona <laughs> and just
3: win it there? Like what you were saying, I mean, I just don't uh it, one Man City fans um I should know they they want to talk about how they're the best team in Europe. They want to talk about like we have all these players, we have all this money, um but we don't really play like it. I don't I don't feel personally like I still feel uneasy about that game on Friday because I'm like are we good enough to compete with Real yet? We spend Real money, but we are you know, we've had some shaky games. And the defense has just been hit or miss in all these games. And if you really want to brag about being the best team in Europe, um, he hasn't proven that they are yet. And I think, I mean, honestly, I think Liverpool right now is definitely a stronger team going forward. I think next year, too. is Liverpool is definitely, I mean, obviously the champions are always a team to beat, but I think go, even going forward, you know, two or three years, I think Liverpool's got much more of a handle on what they're doing. Um where a city seems to be in like you know we kind of like band-aid things. We're like, "Oh, well, that didn't work. Let's let's you know go sign a keeper or let's go sign a you know some random striker we won't use because you know, you know, lesser city didn't you know didn't have enough room and wanted all that money for him. <laughs>
1: for um, Maris. Like, yeah,
3: like I mean, yeah. and I think that he's proven that he can collect talent, but not talent that wins.
2: Bay. Do you think Logan, if he doesn't win the Champions League with City, is do you think that that's a knock on him as a coach? Because a lot of a lot of people, especially with Liverpool, they tend to joke around that he has to buy his teams and he can't mm-hmm. he can't coach them. Like he he right. has he has to buy the talent to succeed. So like if he if that doesn't work, you is there a reason why you think this guy who spends Hundreds of millions every transfer window, it seems, is not winning. turn to spend a couple million in one year, and they end by eighteen points in the league.
3: Yeah, is that a I knock mean, on Pep? Yeah, I think so. I think. I mean, obviously, owners are the ones given money, but the the managers are the ones, which is really weird in football or soccer because it's so, I mean, it's football there, but. Like, it's so weird to think in soccer and stuff that that the managers really are. It's, it's what fits their system, whereas I think in other sports, the owners kind of decide and the manager kind of goes along with it and goes, okay, yeah, sure. But, yeah, I think so. Like, I think if you look at Klopp and you see what Lampard's now doing in Chelsea, and then I read that, art, that article I read yesterday, Jordan, I was like, it almost feels like Pep plagiarized
0: his own system.
3: Like, I don't know what it is about that. But, like, that that article, like, Pep is really good friends with, I forget the guy's name in Brentford. Thomas Frank? Yeah. Like, they've had, you know, they've had a relationship, they've talked about different things, um, and, and you saw where that worked at Brentford, but does Pep really know what's going on? Because, you know, it, it's taken him this long, and he's still, it, it takes him forever to realize, you know, what what formations work. Um, If you go back and look at City's games, the four three three, it's been the most effective. But he's gone away from it so much, and part of that might be because of the players he has. Because he tries to play that, I think it's a four, I think it's four two or four three two one or something like that. Like he wants Aguero up front, and I think part of that problem is is like what you said with what is it Matirovic or whatever his name was, Fulham. Yeah, I think he takes up he takes up so much possession because he wants the ball at his feet um yeah i think pep just has a really hard time and plus if you read anything about pep he's got such a bad relationship with half the team it seems like <laughs> it always seems like <laughs> oh he doesn't have a good relationship
1: with Aguero, he doesn't have a good relationship
3: with Raheem sterling i'm like then who does he like <laughs> like silva's the only one he likes it's insane i, I don't get kevin de bruyne
2: kevin de bruyne was a childhood liverpool fan and you want to make his childhood dream no <laughs>
3: Um no, no no no. Like but no seriously I think that it it just depends and I think Lampard's gonna build a heck of a system there because he was a good he was a good player. Um and, and he knows what he's doing, he's smart. I I start to question Pep sometimes. He loses the teams he shouldn't lose to.
0: Well and I think why the question comes in with with Pep is because when he came over here City was already pretty stacked and you know United was on the decline, Chelsea was pretty much on the decline, Liverpool wasn't all the way up yet and Arsenal was you know nowhere to be found. So it was, <laughs> so, it was <laughs> so it was So it seemed very easy for him to kind of just walk away with it and also he gets given a blank checkbook pretty much to go get whoever he wants. The same thing when he went to Germany like Bayern Munich wins a lot even no matter who their coach is. The only person that really put up a challenge was when it was Klopp at Dortmund. And then you get to Barcelona, and he had, you know, all those players had come from pretty much Barcelona's youth squads. And uh, they were still able to spend money if they need to. And he, you know, he had Messi as well. And I feel like, I'm not saying Pep is not tactically aware. He probably is one of the best tactical coaches. But there's times where... You think, I would love to see coaches like Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola go to like a Brentford or go somewhere else and see if they can implement their styles on teams where they can't just have a blank checkbook to go out and get whoever they want. I think that would be really interesting because, I mean, it's it's I feel like a lot of times it's got to be so easy, and I know this is probably because I'm not a coach, but to just be like, oh yeah, bring in this guy, Bring in this guy, bring in this guy, and then we'll have 35 players when we only need 11 every week. You know, like, and then you have like rotation. You have no problems with rotation. You have no problems with not only rotation, but you have people constantly pushing the other players for spots because they have such a deep bench that it can drive them to be better. And I, 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 can't, like, I could not see him going to a smaller team and having the same sort of success if they're not going to be able to spend money. Right.
3: And I think the biggest tell, like, they they can win the Premier League. They can win their Premier League in 17, 18, and 18, and 19 and win it back-to-back. But again, like you said, I mean, who was really there to challenge them besides Liverpool? Um, you know, Chelsea had gone through their ban. Arsenal its like a ghost. Tottenham played pretty well and Leicester City was still hanging around some. Like, you don't have anybody to compete with. So then put them on a, on a big stage. And then last year, for example, uh, play a good Liverpool team and don't fare well against them. And then, you know, go out and lose against the Tottenham, who you had beaten in the Premier League. Like, I, I just don't get, like, he's a good coach, but I don't think obviously that he's going to get a good reputation. If he doesn't win these next two years, then he'll go down as a big failure. And I don't think he planned on that.
0: Yeah, I think he had the same problems at Byron. I think there's a lot of times where he was losing some of the players over there, too.
3: They said he was strict. Like I, like, I heard rumors and weird rumors like that they couldn't you know, have relations with their wives while they played. And that he had some kind of strict rule about you can't be out that you know, when you're in a waste city you can't be out certain times and you almost like you can't enjoy yourself is what it felt like. And and when I watch the players when the interactions happen off the field as they're coming off the field it, it's never happy. <laughs> like it's usually like I've seen Aguero and him go at it. Um and, and because Aguero's keen I'm a keen keen to Aguero, I think that hurts. But like I see Klopp and, and you know Klopp's very energetic, but I see Klopp more of like He's real emotional. He's he's very in tune with his players. I, I think he's got probably the tightest group of guys. I feel like whenever I watch Liverpool, it's a different kind of thing because I've watched enough of the bat to know that they and he talk, Matt talked Matt talks about it how much that team seems to like each other, whereas City's just a collection of really shiny, individuals. Yeah, individuals. So oh, that's, well, that's a, a
0: good point with that's Klopp. Like the
1: best part.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I was I was just gonna say it's I really say- good that Klopp. He seems like I would love playing for that guy. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: mean, you, you hear
2: nothing but positive um like stories really about Klopp and you watch the players, even the like I know we we talked about that Nike the unveiling of the Nike kit and it, it had nothing to do with Klopp, but you just watch the players just the like the FaceTime meetings they have with each other. Yeah. Um even during one of the best things during the the quarantine was that pretty much once a week Liverpool would post a like 2 3 minute video of the Liverpool team having like a, a team yoga session and you'd see them all like pop on and like say hi to each other and like Klopp if there was a birthday he would he would have the players sing happy birthday in like their respective languages so like you had um Lovren singing it in in Croatian and you had like uh like Mane Mane speaks like four or five different languages so he was, like, singing it in, like, German, and, like, he could sing it in, uh, like, French. So it was, like, it, it, on it, that's the the fun part with Liverpool, that they just, whatever Klopp did, he turned them into not just a team. Because, you don't. I don't think soccer has that very often, because you have all these players, Even not, not even City, but it feels like all the big teams are just taking these high-profile players and just going, we're going to put them all together and hope it works if it doesn't work with this one, we'll go buy the next one and hope it works. But yeah. Klopp Klopp
0: reminds me of an American football coach. Yeah. Klopp. And he did it
2: with Dortmund too. Like he he takes players who aren't super expensive. Um, I mean, he throws a few expensive ones in there. It's not to say Liverpool don't have expensive players, but like, he doesn't look at it and go, well, I need to go buy the next best, like center back after Van Dijk because I need to have the best two. like, no, he, takes what he has and turns it into what works. And I think in a way that that's why Liverpool have been successful is that they've been able to build a cohesive team and that's why they've done what they've done compared to what some of the other big European teams have done over the last few years. Well, I haven't even gotten to the Liverpool rumor because they have like a little rumor popping out. Oh yeah, day,
0: but hold on to it. Hold on to it. We got three, mm-hmm. two more games. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> August eighth, three p.m. Uh, Bayern Munich versus Chelsea. Bayern lead three nothing, but Chelsea's about to turn that around before three uh, on Saturday. Just kidding. No, we're we're probably not even going to play any of our big players because Lampard's already whining about when the season starts. Um <laughs>
2: yeah, that's another thing him complaining Liverpool had to play two games in 24 hours on two different continents.
0: Yeah. Hey, well you know, <laughs> but my whole issue with it, right, is um you're going to lose. Who, who was it that was interviewed about it? But uh I mean, Lampard, you know, th- they asked what do you think about the season starting on the uh 12th of September and he said, you know, like it's it's what do you call it? He said it's it's like, too close, right? But he said it's not fair. That's what he said. It's not fair. And one, it is fair, because every other team is gonna have that same sort of issue. <laughs> because this is only not even a full week... This is a full week after the last game that you've played, and then after that you are done. Until, you know... It, it, it's not like you're gonna turn the result around. Just play your youth team and get over it, right. you know? you know, that's, that's all I'd say. And... I mean, I wish I had... I wish... I, I mean, I don't know how... Lampard is as a coach, really, yet. But I don't think he is in the Klopp model of making these players a family, which is what it seems like you guys have. When I feel like Pulisic left injured, and I feel like nobody on his team even looked at him or spoke to him. Uh, So I mean, I guess you know, I'm not sure on how that's going to work anyway. And the fact that immediately he's complaining about the start of the next season it's not a good look for me I don't think I I, I, think it was Klopp who was interviewed right after that and he was like eh it is what it is or something <laughs> like
2: you know he, he honestly like he wasn't happy and a lot of soccer writers and other, other teams really got on him and even when they had to do the replay against Shrewsbury you know they didn't put their starters out and so
0: and he didn't show up right
2: yeah, and so the the networks over in England they they refused to put the game on anywhere. They said we're not going to do it. Like I had to I watched it on some random like Egyptian live stream that somebody <laughs> was able to find because there was no there was no broadcasting of it. Welcome to the didn't... old
0: days before it was on digital cable everywhere. <laughs> That's <Right. laughs> how everybody was watching it. <laughs>
1: but
2: it, it it was so weird because when when everything happened with the Club World Cup, Klopp was like Listen, we can't we can't play two games in twenty four hours. And there were people that were getting angry at him for playing like an entire youth squad against Villa in the FA Cup. They're like, he doesn't take the cup seriously. And he's like, well, if, or no, it was the Carabao Cup, so it wasn't even the FA Cup. It was Carabao. And it, all these people are going like that. He shows he just doesn't really care about. It. And he's like, well, no, you guys scheduled him two games in twenty four hours. On two different continents, there's no way. There's no way that works. Like you can't, you can't do that. And so he decided that the Club World Cup would be more important than the Carabao Cup, which I, th- in the end, it was because one, it was more money for the team. There was a higher revenue for winning that. And the Carabao not even like that big in England. It sounds like
0: no, it's not. That's what I would tell you, Matt. Is I actually really admire that he was so into the club World Cup because as a I mean Chelsea had qualified for that competition back in 2012 when when they had won the Champions League and I had so badly wanted to win that even though it's kind of a farce of a competition at times because it's like it's not even close to the same level you know but for me it's like that's your you don't know how many times you're going to qualify for it because the only way to qualify for it is by winning the Champions League. So if you don't win the Champions League every year, you cannot win the Club World Cup every year. The Carabao Cup comes around every single year,
2: and it's really cool too because like there's a and maybe it's just like a small the thing, patch. patch. Yeah, like there's a patch the team gets to wear.
0: Oh yeah, Chelsea lost ours. It, it made me so upset. We put we didn't play like our starters. Rafa Benitez was our manager at the time.
2: Yeah, and Klopp decided like, hey, this is what I'm going to take seriously. Like this is this is what I'm gonna do, and it to me it was it was almost laughable to see Lampard's reaction to it because I was people were getting on Liverpool for complaining about you know ten games in a twenty one day span almost, and they were like, well that's that's football for you, like you got to do it, and now there's other coaches like three weeks isn't enough time. Well, I mean, we did just have four months. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you have four months,
1: and we not, just had four months same off. Thing.
2: Obviously, anything can happen, but if, I hate saying it. If there's one team I don't see coming back from their situation, it, it's definitely hard for Chelsea because going to Bayern down three away goals without Pulisic is going to be incredibly tough to overcome for any team.
0: Yeah, just just rest them. That's all I would say. Just rest your team and. You know, put put in the youth squad. I don't care. You know, we're not. Get, I know probably fans over there would have a problem, but it's not like Chelsea's going to win the Champions League. They're not going to get past Bayern. So just use this as an extra week off and move on and prepare yourself for next season. <clears throat> um, the last thing I want to cover before we get the Matt's teasing of his Liverpool news uh, <laughs> is this article just came out on uh, Sports <laughs> Illustrated. But Bundesliga has set a plan to allow fans back in stadiums. Whoa. Whoa. Fans will not be allowed to drink beer. Oh, this uh, is this is disastrous oh, for Germany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> or they can't stand on the terraces such as Borussia Dortmund's renowned Yellow Wall. Uh-huh. At least to begin with. Uh-huh. And it can only be home fans until the end of twenty twenty. The Wait, what? Yeah, only home fans, no away fans allowed in the stadium. The 31 the 36 clubs in Germany's two top divisions held a virtual meeting on Tuesday to define a broad outline for the leagues. The exact number of fans allowed would vary by club. The tentative return depends on the how the coronavirus spreads in Germany and requires approval from a mosaic, oh I like that wording there, of regional and local authorities. The officials in Leipzig, for example, have backed plans for fans to return there, but the governor of Bavaria, which is where Bayern Munich play, have uh, been more cautious. Clubs agree to prohibit away fans in hope of reducing the number of people traveling across the country to games. Standing sections are a key part of Germany's loud and colorful fan culture, but the thinking is that it's easier to enforce social distancing between seated fans. And the new season begins for Germany on September 11th with the first round of cup games. That's birthday!
3: Yep,
2: happy birthday! Woo! A lot of stuff happening around my birthday.
3: Okay, so yeah, this makes sense. So I'm looking at the coronavirus cases, and they have 800. <laughs> so like they they're already also, isolating there. They, they, they were, were the leader in
2: the first, and, the first uh, league back, weren't they?
3: Yeah. Yeah, because Italy was. Italy was really bad off um, and Europe or England wasn't going yet. Cause German, I can remember Germany being first because um, you guys were talking about Dortmund, I
0: think. Germany was the first one back. Yeah. Alright. Well, that is... Uh, oh, yeah. For the, the games that we were talking about, Europa League, Champions League, those are both available on CBS All Access. Heck yeah. Uh, this is great, actually. I was thinking, you know, hey, I would like it to be on cable. But the, here's the thing: if you cut the cord, CBS All Access is only five ninety nine mm-hmm. a month. This is not an ad, by the way. It's only five ninety <laughs> nine <$5. laughs> a month. I just love it so far. Five ninety <laughs> nine a month, and uh, I've been watching the, I rewatched the draw on it. I've rewatched their wow. little magazine show that they put together as like, you know, highlights and stuff. I was watching a lot of that the past few days. But it's five ninety nine a month, but you can also get a free month trial for free using the code PLAY at checkout. I know this sounds like an ad, but I guarantee you I'm not getting paid for this at all. Uh, I'm just so excited the Champions League is back. And uh i love the Europa League as well. You know, Fulham was a Europa League finalist a few years ago when Clint Dempsey was on there. Were they really? Yeah. Uh huh. Great times. I remember watching that. That was back before it was on TV. I had to find some sort of, you know, Russian website or something like Matt and watch the Europa League streaming on on there with the final of Fulham versus Juve. Is that what it was? What was that final? Hold on.
3: That sounds crazy. When you say that, those
0: two teams in the same sentence.
3: (laughs) It's like, wait, what?
0: Let's see. It was against, uh, oh, no, it was Atletico Madrid. I think they knocked out Juve to get to that. Um, it was against Atletico Madrid. They lost two to one. Uh, where was the previous games for this? Because I want to see how well they they did. Because I remember watching this. I was upset because Clint Dempsey was playing. Well yeah, Fulham, American fans, if you're looking for a new Premier League team, maybe you're just now finding it due to the whole situation with COVID and you're like, "I need a new uh a new sport to watch and I'm trusting Logan Matt and Jordan on this podcast." Uh if you like American players, Fulham have a history of Brian McBride, Clint Dempsey, and now Tim Ream. Um you could be a Fulham fan or you could be a Chelsea fan and watch Kristen Pulisic. <laughs> uh who's a much better player than Tim Ream okay uh Matt, what is your uh what's your little little tease there what's your news v-
2: very small but uh right before we started the podcast there's a lot of reports uh with Liverpool looking at Jamal Lewis of Norwich for 10 million uh 10 million pounds first uh, i thought you big... meant
0: the raven running back that's what i <laughs> thought i was, wait
2: a minute <laughs> 2000 it, <would> <laughs> it would be, <laughs>
1: it would be it, it <laughs> liverpool over.
2: Liverpool-wise, it would be the sixth consecutive summer that Liverpool have went for a relegated player.
0: Really? Yeah. You know, those teams love snapping up the relegated teams. Yeah. Uh, He'll be a superstar.
2: 2015, they signed Danny Ings. 2016, Wynaldum. 2017, Andy Robertson. 2018, Shaqiri. 2019, Harvey Elliott. 2020, could be Jamal Lewis. So... As a Liverpool fan, it's actually kind of exciting because they don't have a backup left-back uh, besides James Milner, who's really a killer. <laughs> uh, so it'd be a nice little signing. I think uh, Liverpool fans are pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, and he's getting up there too, isn't he?
2: Yeah. Right. So Klopp apparently sees a lot in him. So hopefully uh, next episode we'll be talking about the next big Liverpool left-back.
0: Well, I like the name. I like the name a lot. Um... Yeah, well, I think that about wraps us up. If, uh, if Again, if you want to follow us, we are on Twitter at Stoppage Show. We're on Instagram at Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. You can email us at Stoppage Time Show at gmail.com. And have a great rest of your week. Hope you guys all enjoy the games. Stolen it up to
1: death! That's what he's there for!
0: Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.